Oh, Father in heaven, we pray that as we come to you this morning and we open your word, that you would speak to us, that you would remind us of who you are, that you would show us through the scriptures that you are our great God, and how through Jesus we might come to believe in you. Father, we pray that you would be glorified in our hearts and in our lives. We pray that you would be glorified in this time that we spend together here today. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. The next several weeks, the next three weeks, we will be going through our church mission statement to engage people who are disconnected from God so they delight in Him through Jesus. And so we are looking at John chapter 17, which is a prayer of Jesus for His disciples, as we talk about our church mission statement over the next three weeks. This week we'll talk about delight, next week engage, and the following week connect, and what those words mean to our church. But we're looking at this through John chapter 17 as Jesus is, preaching, uh, is praying for his disciples. And this is toward the end of Jesus' ministry on earth. In fact, he has done most of the teaching that he would do. He's done uh, the, the healing and the miracles and things. And now he is getting ready. He's uh, in the upper room with his disciples and is getting ready to uh, go and die on the cross. And he knows that his time has now come. That it is very short. And he's been explaining to the disciples about this, that the time is short and that he has to return to the Father and what's going to happen after that. And now he stops for a moment and he prays for them. And he prays this beautiful prayer. And he begins this way. It says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. He says, God, this now is that time. This now is that time. Throughout his ministry, Jesus was doing many things and his time had not yet, been, had not yet come to be glorified. He'd done many things. People were very aware that he was a great teacher, that he was a miracle worker, that he was an amazing man. But the time had not yet come for him to make himself fully known. And now he sees that time rapidly approaching and he prays to God the Father and he says, Father, now the time has come. The hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. This, this glorifying, this glorifying is, is to um, recognize the importance or weight of something, to uh, appreciate it and talk about how wonderful it is. That's what that, that glorifying is. We, we might think of, of that, that weightiness or significance or importance in, in the way that we talk about gravitas. Gravitas, that, that importance that something has, that particularly God has. Because He is more weighty, more significant, more important than anything else. He created the entire universe and now rules as God over it. And the recognition of how significant He is is what Jesus is talking about in the glorifying. He says, now the time has come, Father. 
Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given Him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given Him, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. Jesus says, Father, I have done everything you have asked. I have done everything that you have asked. And I, I have done it so that people might know that you are God. So that they would recognize who you are and how great you are. If we think back to the Old Testament and we think of the experience of the Israelites, they kept going back to some of the same things over and over again. Some of the things that happened with, with Abraham and the dedication of Isaac. They go back to the deliverance of God from, uh, from Egypt and the slavery there, how he brought them and cared for them uh, in, the, in the wilderness and how he brought them into this new land and drove out their enemies and, and the nations before them as they went in there. And they would talk about these things that God had done so that they would remember and recognize how great God is. And this is exactly the same thing that Jesus is saying. He's saying, Oh, Father God, I have glorified you in all that I have done. As I said, this is toward the end of Jesus' ministry on earth, and he has done all kinds of things, and everything he did attested to the fact that God had sent him, and attested to who God is and how God feels about his people. And so God walked among his people, among God's people, by showing them, this is how your God loves you. He, he bound up those who were weak. He strengthened them, lifted them up, exalted them. He healed them. He made them feel loved. He touched them. All of these things Jesus did in his ministry to demonstrate God's great love for them. And if you have been reading through the book of John, you already know from near the beginning about God's love. How, how God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And Jesus is saying, and this is the reason that you have sent me? And I have come to bring glory to you. So that they might know, so that they might have that eternal life. That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Here is, is the great thing that I would love for you to take away today. That you can delight in God. That you can delight in God when you know who He is. This is why we have as our mission statement that we want to engage people. We want to engage people to connect with them. With those who are disconnected from God so that they might delight in Him through Jesus. We want everybody to know how great God is. Because this is what we know, that this is eternal life. 
Verse 3, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This, this is eternal life. This is our great joy to know who God is. And the greatest way that we know who God is is through the coming of Jesus. That the second person of the Trinity, of God the Father and God the Son, co-equal, co-eternal, having existed from before the beginning of time, together creating the world and everything in it and making mankind in their image. And yet there's this schism between God and man. This schism of, of sin that, that, is, that we have rejected him as God. And so to overcome this, instead God could have stayed off, aloof, and, and back. And said, you know what, I've created it, just let them run their course. But instead God sees that and he says, no, I want to connect with my people. And so God the Son comes Sent by God the Father, God the Son comes to be a man. He sets aside that heavenly glory that he enjoyed from before time began with God the Father. He sets that aside so that he can become a man. And as both man and God, he then reveals who God is through his actions. And the greatest of these actions is that he died on the cross for our sins. He says, I have so loved you that I will die for your sins. When we are separated from God, we don't have that eternal life. We have instead an eternal death that is the condemnation, the punishment that, that suits our sin and our sinful way of being. But Jesus comes and he says, I am going to take that sin away from you and the punishment and condemnation associated with it and I'm going to put it on myself so that you can be reconciled with God. And so Jesus does this and he demonstrates in this his great authority. His great authority over uh, death. His great authority over life. His great authority over us and his great love for us. That this is how he decides to handle it. And so Jesus says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now, if we recognize that Jesus is praying this right before he goes to the cross, isn't this interesting? That Jesus is praying this right before he goes to the cross. He's done everything else in his ministry except die on the cross and rise from the dead. But Jesus is so certain of the reality of that fact that he is praying on behalf of his disciples to God the Father as if it has already happened. The hour has come. This is, this is the time. The moment is right now when Jesus will be dying on the cross. This, this whole episode is happening all right at this time. And so he's praying, this is the hour. And so, Father, I am praying, would you glorify me as I have been glorifying you? That is, would you make known, would you make known through what's about to take place, this work that you have given me to do, would you make known through that, that I am not just a man, but that I am God who has come as man. 
Would you restore me to that position of glory, of, of gravitas, that place of prominence where we recognize who he is? He has spent his entire ministry making known who the Father is, and now in this moment, through this work, through this action, the Father will be lifting him up. He goes on to pray in verse 5. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Jesus not only revealed God the Father through his actions, through his work, but he also revealed him, made him known, made him manifest and seen through his words, through his teaching, through his explanations. Which is why when he would stand up and he would re and read the scriptures or explain the scriptures when people had questions, they would look and say, we have never heard teaching like this before. Never has someone so clearly, so articulately, so compellingly laid forth for us who God is and how he relates to his people. But Jesus, having come from the Father, having had that experience and knowing uh, face to face who God is now is able to explain to people no 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 you have it wrong this is who God is God is holy God is powerful God is mighty God is compassionate God is gracious God is loving God is forbearing and he explains this is who God is he has made him known and those that the Father had given him, right? So those who are, were God's people, uh, yeah, those who are God's people. God the Father says, Jesus, you are to go and you are to uh, take care of these people. You are to make me known to them. You're to make them known through your actions. You're to make, them known, to make me known through your words. And then, through your death and resurrection, you will unite them with me that they might be my people and remain with me. And so Jesus does that. And he goes and he makes known to them. He's, and he says, yours they were and you gave them to me and now they have kept your word. They, they have held on to it. They have believed it and clung to it. Not merely having heard it and said, oh, okay, I think I get that. But rather, having heard it, then holding on to it, receiving it, accepting it, clinging to it. As the hope that they have from God. It's a little bit like if somebody were to come to you and tell you about an opportunity. Right? An opportunity. So, if you just share this post you'll get $100. If you just click on this link, you'll get $100. And you'll look at that post or you'll look at that link and you'll think, I don't know. Do I really believe that if I click on that, I'll get $100? 
and you reserve judgment and you hold on and then you say, okay, I'm going to click on it. I, I believe it just enough that I'm going to click on it. And then it says, okay, great. The next step is you need to put in your name and your address and your phone number and let us know who you are so that we can send, send you that $100. And you might pause and say, ah, I don't think I believe it that much. I've heard it. I know that it exists. But I don't think I believe it enough that I'm going to give all of my personal information on this website so that they would have that so that I might receive $100. I don't believe it that far. There are a lot of people for whom this is true about Jesus as well. They have heard about Jesus. They acknowledge that they think, yes, that may have happened. But they don't believe it enough that they would continue to pursue him, to understand who he is, to glorify him and cling with all of their hope to him as one of his. He says, yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. They've hung on to it. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Do we believe that, yes, Jesus is the one who has lived eternally, Existed eternally with God the Father and now has come as Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that one who was both man and God. Do we believe that? Have we accepted that? Because Jesus has given us to his followers, to his people, and has said, this is who I am. And he says, and all those who are mine, those who you gave me, believe that and hang on to it. And I'm praying for them, he says. I'm not praying for the world, but for those, the ones that you have given to me, because they are yours all that is mine is yours, and all that is yours is mine, and I am glorified in them. Isn't that great? He says, God, F Heavenly Father, you and I, together, everything that you have is mine, and everything that I have is yours. We have shared this together. They are ours. And I am glorified in in them. As Jesus accepts those who are given to him by the Father, he offers them back to the Father, saying, I have revealed you to them so that they might glorify and acknowledge you, and now that they might glorify me. Because he also is going to be returning to that place of prominence and his disciples who before did not understand and many people who were seeing and observing did not understand who he was and they might have said, yes, he's wonderful, yes, he's very good, but they were not yet assigning him to that place of God to, as deity. And now, he says, but now I am going to that place and they are I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Again, that, that language as though it's already taken place, even though it hasn't quite yet. The moment is there, 
but he's praying as though it has already taken place. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, he says, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has lost, been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. He prays again, Holy Father. You see this, these three sections here, right? The, the first one, he prays that he might be glorified because he has glorified God the Father in his work. The second section in in, uh, verse 5, and now, Father, glorify me in your presence. Again, would you glorify me as I have glorified you through my words and through the words that you have given to me. And now he prays again in in halfway through verse 11, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. And I've guarded them, and not one has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus said, I I have held them all. I haven't lost any of them. I've kept them. I've guarded them. I've protected them. Even as we are keeping, guarding, and protecting the words that we have received from him. That we might know who God is. That we might see, that our eyes might be opened, and we might see who he is and acknowledge how awesome He is. For this is eternal life. This is eternal life. To be separated from God is death. But to know who He is and to believe in Him and cling to that hope, that is eternal life. For those who have that kind of hope and that kind of knowledge, eternal life has begun now. We already have entered into eternal life with Him. The knowledge of who He is and the understanding of how great He is, His glory and how awesome He is. And we already are beginning to glorify Him. And this for us is the beginning of an eternity of getting to know more and more how great and wonderful and awesome is our God. And Jesus says, and I have kept them all, only the one, only the one in order that the scriptures might be fulfilled has not been kept. Only that one. But now, he says in verse 13, but now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And this is the very thing then that we at New Life Church are wanting to do. We are wanting to glorify God and make Him known, just as Jesus has glorified the Father and made Him known to us. We want to make Him known. The only way that we can make Him known to others is if we first know Him ourselves. If we know God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son and the work that He has done. That's how we're going to know Him. There is no other way to know the Father. There is no other way to know God. The way that He has been revealed is through His Word and through the work of Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection on the cross. There is no other way by which you might come to eternal life and knowledge of who God is. There's just not. All other links will not get you there. 
All other post shares will not get you there. They might claim that you can have enlightenment or you can have happiness or you can have contentment or you can have eternal life or you can know who God is and they will claim that, but the reality is there is only one way to know who he is and it is through the words and work of Jesus. And so when Jesus was leaving, he prayed for us And he said, and Father, now I am coming to you. And these things I am speaking, these things I am praying, even before it has quite happened, so that they might hear it, and so that they might know, so that they might have my joy in themselves. Reminds me of John chapter 15. If you abide in me, This is verse 7 of John 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide, remain, keep in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is how your joy may be full. That you might have the joy of Jesus to know who God is, Very often when we talk about delight, we say, okay, how do we delight in God? Or we spend time in prayer like Jesus did even here as he was praying for his disciples. We spend time reading God's word. We spend time reading the scriptures. And this is how we might delight in him. But you can pray and not delight in God. And you can read the scriptures and not delight in God. If you're not first seeking to know who he is. But I want for you to delight in him. I want for you to have the joy that Jesus has in knowing the Father eternally. Can you imagine that for a moment? That Jesus had this perfect, eternal relationship with God the Father where they poured out love and appreciation for one another for all of eternity past. And he leaves that glory so that he can come and share it with us. So that he can explain to us through his words and through his work who God is and how much he loves us. And then having completed that mission, having completed that work, he then returns to God the Father, but in the process invites us To be his people, that we might also enjoy him. Are you seeking to know God and therefore, thereby, delighting in him? Are you seeking for that? If you are seeking for that, then when you read the scriptures, he can speak to you and it will be oh so sweet. 
If you are seeking for that, you can spend time in prayer and it will be oh so sweet. If you're seeking for that, you can spend time with God's people and it will be oh so sweet. As we receive the joy of Jesus, it is our joy to know God and how great He is. Jesus has done the word, done the work. Jesus has given us His words. And then in that moment, in fulfillment of this prayer, He died on the cross for our sins, was buried in the grave, and three days later rose again and in that resurrection demonstrated His deity and His power over death. And in that resurrection glorified God the Father to the utmost and was Himself exalted to the highest place. And now we participate in glorifying God and making Him known when we rejoice in what Jesus has done, and when we remain in His love by clinging to it, may your joy be full, and may you delight in Him. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, how great you are. How awesome is your name in all the earth? As we sing, as we discuss, as we talk about and tell about how great you are, Father, we pray, would you be glorified that all might know the position that you hold in this universe that you have created. Father, we pray we pray that the Son would be glorified. We pray that the Son would be glorified as we know who He is. We pray that He would be glorified in our hearts. We pray that He would be glorified in our church. We pray that He would be glorified in our communities. We pray that He would be glorified to the ends of the earth. That all the earth might know who Jesus is that you have sent him, that he has completed the work, that he now reigns on high. Lord, I pray for those who are with us this morning in reading your word, in receiving this prayer of Jesus as one of your people. Father, I pray that they would remain in your love. I pray that you would keep them Protect them. I pray that they would cling to your word. And Father, I pray that they would be filled with delight and joy in knowing you. From now in part, until perfectly fulfilled in eternity. And we ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.